from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. With the news for September 18, I'm Graham VK4BB and calling Pacific Rim amateur radio operators. Abby Calvert has approached the Radio Electronics Association of Southern Tasmania, or REAST, to help with her Bachelor of Fine Arts Honours project, which involves transmitting a story about the short-tailed shearwaters or the mutton birds' 30,000-kilometre journey around the Pacific Rim. Now, Abby is a sound artist based in Hobart, often creates interactive and immersive sound installations with a particular interest in bird calls and environments. In 2021, Abby was the recipient of the Contemporary Arts Tasmania Award and is currently completing a Bachelor of Fine Arts with honours at the University of Tasmania. Now, REAST is helping to identify amateurs around the Pacific Rim to receive Abby's story via amateur radio, record it and send back to Abby, no doubt via email. For more information, take a look at the link on the text edition of this broadcast. VK1WIA. Hello again. It's amazing how fast this year has been going. This is Stephen Green, VK2TSG, one of your WIA National Board members. This time, I'd like to tell you about one of the processes that the Board have been going through to make improvements to the services that are provided to us all as members of the WIA. Among other strategies, we've been inviting representatives of the various WIA subcommittees, working groups and contracted organisations to join us for Board meetings, where they can go over current processes, advise us of any difficulties that they're encountering, or let us know of any upcoming challenges or changes in their area of work. This review gives us an opportunity to provide advice, assist with additional resources, or collectively work on possible solutions to issues identified. As a newcomer to your board, this is also assisting me with my own due diligence process in learning how the WIA conducts day-to-day services, and also an opportunity for those of us who are newcomers to pass a fresh eye over these subjects. So far, we've been looking at the issues surrounding MemNet and membership, competitions and awards, QSL cards and more, with meetings for other groups coming up. We would like to thank these hard-working WIA members and teams for their efforts for us all. To further support their work, the Board would like to extend an invitation for expressions of interest to our WIA members who might be interested in taking part in volunteering for a subcommittee, working group or similar role according to their interests. Getting involved is a great way to lend a hand to existing teams, add additional capacity and expertise, maintain or gain experience and skills, also ensuring a great future for membership services. To that end, if you're a WIA member and would like to send me a suggestion or issue, please send it to steve.green at board.wia.org.au with the word suggestion in all capitals in the subject line. Depending on how many are received, I won't be able to guarantee a speedy reply to each of these, but we'll discuss each with the board to see how they could be included in future plans. Until next time, 73 from Stephen, VK2TSG. This is Editor-in-Chief of Amateur Radio Magazine, Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. The latest edition of AR, issue number 5 for 2022, has been reaching readers since late last week. This issue, the theme is Recycle, Refurbish, Repurpose. In last week's broadcast, I outlined some of the articles that feature in number 5. Here's more. Award-winning author Lou Stefano VK3AQZ, shows you how he repurposed a video camera pan and tilt head into an antenna rotator. Simple, low-cost, innovative, but wait, there was no direction indicator. So, in his usual thorough way, Lou describes how he added a low-cost, off-the-shelf, three-axis digital compass 
to provide direction indication on a four-line liquid crystal display in his shack. Neat. Different. Elsewhere, Mike Patterson, VK4MIK, provides a rundown about the use of Retrotech for Anzac Day. Back in April, AM and CW appear on the bands in a radio-style remembrance for those who served in conflict since World War I. As Mike tells it, many stalwart military rigs of yesteryear lit up 7125 kHz with a mass of heterodynes. Heard on air across VK were number 19 and number 62 sets along with Collins ARC-2 and ART-13 rigs, as well as Western and Vaughan transceivers, among others. In a slice of up-to-the-minute news, we have a story about one young student very keen to get his foundation licence, who overcame some formidable stumbling blocks. It's about Riley O'Brien, who appears to be one of the first, if not the first, to take an online assessment, although being under 18 years of age. Riley enrolled in the online training course conducted by Fred Swainston, VK3DAC, in which he cracked top marks and then took advantage of a WIA-negotiated change in the policy previously imposed by the Australian Maritime College that prevented under-18s taking online assessments for their amateur licence. Coincidentally, Riley is the grandson of the well-known hams about the Hunter region, Graham and Judy O'Brien respectively VK2FA and VK2ZZV. Look out for VK2KZV on the air. That'll be Riley. Meanwhile, from South Australia, David Minchin, VK5KK, our VHF UHF columnist, tells how he and fellow millimetre wave enthusiast Ian Crawford, VK5ZD, got going on 134 gigs and set a distant record by having a contact over 20.9 kilometres. DX is different up there. At this juncture, with the last issue of the year coming up, number six, we'd like to remind affiliated amateur radio club secretaries and committees that this is your last chance to take advantage of having one free annual advertisement of up to half a page in size published in AR. This is an ideal medium for club to promote your annual Gabfest or symposium featuring speakers of note, your club's events calendar for next year, a post-COVID hamfist, or, yes, even a technical symposium. The content of all such advertisements is restricted to club activities related to amateur radio and shall not include any material of a commercial or personal nature. Get the club advertising policy details from the WIA website, search for club advertising policy, and download the PDF, or use the URL in the text edition of this broadcast. Contact emails can be found on page 3 of each issue of AR Magazine. The deadline to book your affiliated club's free advertisement in the last issue for 2022 is the 10th of October. Avoid disappointment. Check the policy and book by the direct route. Don't try some backdoor way and later complain up and down social media and on air that your advertising was censored or rejected unfairly, as I've heard done. It's best to RTDR, read the damn rules, particularly make sure about the electronic file requirements. I thought I'd just pop that in there. Amateur Radio Magazine, Volume 90, Issue Number 5 for 2022. Serving Australian radio amateurs without fear, favour or censorship since 1933. This has been AR Magazine Editor-in-Chief Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, 
for VK1WIA News. And that's all from this purposeful pontificator, Flatjaw Knopflock, KN0PFL. As heard from WIA President Scott VK3KJ last week, many of the WIA board are heading down to Hobart for the Tassie Ham Radio Conference and Expo on the 5th and 6th of November 2022. The raffle prize pool has some impressive prizes, including an IC705 and backpack, and is growing all the time. The presenters are madly creating their presentations, pre-loved sellers are buying extra tables, and vendors are trying to work out how much they can stuff in their suitcases, hi-hi. Why is this all happening? Well, it's to create the newest conference and ham radio expo experience on the Australian amateur radio calendar. It's the Tassie Ham Radio Conference and Expo. We've had a huge response so far, with over 70 people already booked to come along, and we have some great vendors, including ICOM, All About DX, Spook Tech, DX Systems, and many more. It's all happening at the University of Tasmania Sandy Bay campus in the spacious and contemporary Sir Stanley Burberry Lecture Theatre. There is plenty of free car parking and only a short 20-minute car trip from the airport. There are flights into Hobart that run from all major capital cities and direct to Auckland, New Zealand, and you can attend in person or online via Zoom for the conference day. Saturday the 5th of November 2022 is the Amateur Radio Conference and take a look at the program on the conference website link. Sunday the 6th of November is the huge ham expo held at the same spacious venue with vendors, pre-loved and information stands including Alara, VEA, WIA, WWFF, SOTA, RAW and more. Registration for attendance, vendors and pre-loved tables are now open and registration for the event is essential. For more information and registration, then please visit the links on the email edition of this broadcast. 73 from the Tassie Ham Expo Organising Committee. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Hello. 23 centimetre band and RNSS coexistence September update. As the WRC 23 approaches, studies regarding 23 centimetres and RNSS are working towards conclusions. The IARU is not content that all the operational aspects of the amateur service usage of the 1240 to 1300 MHz band are being properly considered. Having been deeply involved in the regulatory work, it is the opinion of the IARU that for many national authorities, the 23-centimetre band WRC 23 Agenda Item 9.1b topic has a very low priority. Many are taking a generic stance stating their support for studies without considering the detail of the work or how it is moving forward. Therefore, the IARU requests that member societies urgently put this issue on the agenda with their national authorities to discuss the views. The IARU view is that the potential for widespread or persistent interference to the Radio Navigation Satellite Service RNSS from amateur service transceivers is overstated. However, recognising the regulatory situation, the IARU and the amateur community are ready to accommodate any technical or operational measures deemed necessary on the amateur services, so long as they are proportionate, reasonable and evidence-based. 
to Germany, new entry-level licence Class N on its way. Planned is the introduction of an entry-level amateur radio licence limited to just 10 watts CIRP in the 144 and 430 MHz bands, but they can build their own equipment. This new entry-level class should offer access to amateur radio, in particular to young people and older people, in accordance with international requirements. The legally stipulated self-build right is not restricted, so even beginners can develop, set up and put into operation radio devices or hotspots themselves. RSGB front page news states, We're bringing our Jubilee activities to a close as a mark of respect for the Queen. The RSGB website is being updated and the Innovation 70 Award has been cancelled. Any radio amateur who has collected QSOs between the 1st and 30th of June 2022 for the Jubilee Award 70 may still submit their application to the RSGB Awards Manager before the 31st of October. Details of how to do so will remain on their website. In news from Region 2, Andrew, November 1, Mike Yankee Yankee, who works in tech support at Comrex, signed on a new ham radio repeater station on September 11 to one of the six broadcast engineers, Bob Patterson, Don DeFranco, Steve Jacobson, Bill Steckman, Rob Coppola, and Isaias Rivera, the six fallen broadcast engineers. The new repeater site is dedicated as a memorial to the broadcast engineers and will be a part of the New England Emergency Communications Network, a digital network of approximately 70 amateur radio service repeaters covering the New England states. Brazil reports highest number of hams on air. More amateurs than ever are on the air in Brazil and most of them are Class C entry-level operators, according to a recent study by Labre. Liga de Amadores Brasileiros de Radio Amisao, the National Amateur Radio Society. The organisation used data provided by the nation's regulator Anatel and analysed by Ricardo Benedito, Papa Yankee 2, Quebec Bravo. The data shows that this year's amateur radio ranks grew by 2.2% over the last year, with more than 40,000 now holding a radio licence. The state with the most hams is Sao Paulo, where more than 10,000 amateurs reside. The number of stations also grew, according to the data. There were about 60,000 stations in 2021. The number is now in excess of 63,000, counting repeaters, mobile fixed and beacons and terrestrial stations, with more than 17,000 of them in the state of Sao Paulo. In Region 3, China is to hold the first exam this year for the country's highest class of amateur radio licence, equivalent to the SEPT HARAC. The exam session will take place in Beijing. There are three categories of licence. Class C permits 1 kilowatt output on bands below 30 MHz and 25 watts above 30 MHz. Class B permits 100 watts below 30 MHz and 25 watts above 30 MHz. Class A permits 25 watts on bands above 30 MHz. The National Amateur Radio Society's CRAC announcement said in order to meet the needs of amateur radio enthusiasts who wish to set up Class C amateur radio stations, CRAC is scheduled to organise the first of 16 C amateur radio operation technical proficiency verification assessments October 22, 2022 in Beijing and the specific assessment work is undertaken by the Beijing Radio Association. 
For VK1 WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. WIA NZIAT Oceania Contest. CW, second full weekend in October, 0600 hours UTC Saturday to 0600 hours UTC Sunday. Phone. First full weekend in October, 0600 hours UTC Saturday to 0600 hours UTC Sunday. Log deadline for all logs, 31 October. WIA VHF UHF field days, spring. 0100 hours UTC Saturday 26 through 0059 hours UTC Sunday 27 November. 160 meters CW contest, AWL sponsored. Objective is for amateurs worldwide to exchange information with W stroke V amateurs on the 160 meter band CW. Dates. First full weekend in December, December 2 to 4, 2022. Contest period. Begins 2200 hours UTC Friday, ends 1559 hours UTC Sunday. This is a 42 hour period with no time limitation. Logs are due within 7 days after the event is over. 10 meter contest. AWL sponsored. For amateurs worldwide to exchange QSO information with as many stations as possible on the 10 meter band. Dates. Second full weekend of December. Start 0000 hours UTC Saturday. Runs through 23.59 hours UTC Sunday. December 10, 11, 2022. Logs are due within 7 days after the event is over. DX window. Timor Lester. 4W. Active is 4W stroke JH2EUV, but only until this Tuesday, September 20, and has been using mainly FT8 on 20, 15, 12 and 10 metres. QSL via JH2EUV by the Bureau, Direct or LOTW. Papua New Guinea, P29. A group of German operators will have P29RO on their wireless from October 25 to November 10. Transmitting on 160 to 6 metres using CW, SSB, RITI and FT8. QSL via DL4SVA, direct, by the Bureau, Club Logs, OQRS and LOTW. Northern Ireland Special Call Sign. Pastor Brian Madden, GI0RWO, from Belfast, will be using the Special Call Sign GB0KC to celebrate the new King Charles III, as well as remembering the passing and the exemplary service of Queen Elizabeth II. Indonesia 7B2C, 7B2E, 7B2T, 7B2H and 7B2O are QRV until the end of October to celebrate the Japanese Hindu Siju Temple that was built in 1475. Activities on 80, 40, 20, 15 and 10 metres using SSB and FT8. Don't forget, as Jason VK2LAW tell us already today, the RSGB has brought their Jubilee activities to a close as a mark of respect for the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Enningham. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole VK3GTV. 
Hello, welcome to the segment. First up, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group's Astronomical. Observatory educator honoured for work in astronomy. Hard work in the field of astronomy education paid off recently for one long-time educator who's been honoured for her years of advocacy at facilities around the United States. The Assistant Director for Education and Public Outreach at the National Radio Astronomy Observatory has been honoured for her work by the Astronomical Society of the Pacific. Suzanne Gerton has been recognised with the Klumke Roberts Award for nearly four decades of her effort helping educators develop and present astronomy programmes to further the public's understanding. Before joining the observatory in 2016, Suzanne worked at a number of planetariums around the United States and also served as an astronomy lecturer at the Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles. She's a former writer and producer at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Space is hard, even for the pros. Intelsat said that the Galaxy 15 broadcast satellite that stopped responding to commands shut down its payload on August 31st, reducing the risk of interfering with signals from other spacecraft. However, Galaxy 15 continues to drift out of its geostationary orbit and will soon begin transiting through orbital locations licensed for other satellites. With the payload muted, the focus of this coordination ensures flyby procedures are coordinated so that the spacecraft avoid a physical collision. This is a normal part of spacecraft operations that is regularly executed and poses minimal risk. Intelsat said that it successfully moved all customers from Galaxy 15 to its Galaxy 23 satellite. SpaceX is slated to launch Galaxy 33, Galaxy 15's replacement, on or about October the 8th this year. After the two scrubs of Artemis 1, NASA engineers may have to roll SLS back to the VAB. The Eastern Range requires that the flight termination system batteries be reset and recertified before the next launch attempt, although a waiver might be possible. Also, read the onboard small sats batteries. Can they survive the wait? This includes the Omotenashi Communications and Impactor Experiment. NASA is now targeting September 23 or 27, according to Jim Free, NASA Associate Administrator, Exploration Systems Development. And on the other hand, sometimes things do work. Engineers with NASA have repaired an issue with the space agency's Voyager 1 spacecraft, but have yet to identify the cause of the problem. The probe has been sending garbled data about its status, including information about its health and activities to mission controllers, despite otherwise operating normally. Launched in 1977, NASA's Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 probes are both still active, exploring deep space. Both are still communicating with NASA, despite being launched 45 years ago. The spacecraft are two of only five space probes from Earth that have left the solar system. Voyager 1 is currently 14.5 billion miles from Earth. Amazing that signals are still being received over that distance. The ultimate DX. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, 5 MHz. More African countries arrive on 60 metres. Word via Paul Gaskell, G4MWO, the editor, the 5 MHz newsletter that the South African Radio League have announced that three new African countries have joined the ranks of 5 MHz, 60 metre operators. They are Botswana, Lesotho and Eswatini. Each has the new WRC50 amateur secondary allocation 
of 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz. This makes a total of 89 countries now on the band worldwide. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA. VQ9SC is active from Diego Garcia Island, IOTA AF006, until the 16th of November on 160 through to 10 metres using SSB and FT8. Send QSLs via WB2REM. Mike's on. Mike, VE6TC, is active as ZL4 slash VE6TC on Stewart Island, IOTA OC203. He's on the air until early October, and you can QSL via the Bureau direct to his home call, VE6TC, EQSL, or LOTW. Worldwide Special Interest Group, Military. An event to honour prisoners of war and those missing in action was held on Friday, September 16, led by amateur radio operator Michael Bald, as part of 10-day observance. National POW MIA Recognition Day was established in 1979 through a proclamation signed by President Jimmy Carter. Since then, each subsequent president has issued an annual proclamation commemorating the third Friday in September as National POW MIA Recognition Day. A national-level ceremony is held on every National POW MIA Recognition Day. Traditionally held at the Pentagon, it features members from each branch of military service and participation from high-ranking officials. In addition to the national-level ceremony, observances of National POW MIA Recognition Day are held across the USA on military installations, ships at sea, state capitals, schools, and veterans' facilities. For the last 13 years, Michael Bald, K4MIA, has run a special event station as part of National POW MIA Recognition Day. Bald, a native Floridian, has created and sponsored an amateur radio special event station surrounding the day. It runs for 10 days, September 10 through to September 18. Most days, Bald operated from his home station, but on Friday, September 16, the official recognition day, he operated from Project 425's Vietnam UH-1H Huey helicopter at GNM Ranch in Loxahatchee Groves. In addition to his home operating station, Bald operated from various veteran-based locations, such as American Legion Post 268 in Riviera Bay and VA establishments. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Ham Radio at 11th National Scout Jamboree. Indonesia's Orari reports that they had two exhibition stands at the 11th National Scout Jamboree in East Jakarta in August. A translation of the Orari Post reads, Orari was present in introducing radio communication equipment and procedures in amateur radio to the Scouts, with many guest ham radio speakers. Also present, General Treasurer Orari, Kak Liza, YD0LIZ, representing the Chairman of Orari, Kak Donny, YB0DX. There were two Orari exhibition stand locations, making it easier for Scouts to see the Orari exhibitions from their nearest location camp. The Orari platform exhibition from two locations was attended by approximately 4,000 participants. Hopefully the Orari exhibition can recruit Scouts to be more interested in communication on amateur radio. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, 1360 kilohertz. The following two rescue stories are great examples of why amateur radio is important. The first story occurred in Wisconsin and is told by ARRL member Scott Strecker, KG9IV. Strecker shared how he was able to help a ham in distress. 
with VHF radios on low to monitor them in the background, and recently getting into the All-Star node with a hotspot. He heard the All-Star node come up. An individual was in distress and asking for assistance to get an ambulance to him. It was a ham who had slipped on his bathroom floor and went down so hard he couldn't get up, but he happened to have his hand held with him. Don't we all? He didn't have access to the phone and lived alone, and Scott was able to summons help, thanks to ham radio. In addition to Scott's story, newly licensed amateur radio operators Shannon, KK7GVG, and CJ Bouchard, KK7GNG, also shared a rescue story. On September 3rd in the Rocky Mountains in northwest Idaho, they were out for a weekend of four-wheeling in their Jeep. The area is in an extremely mountainous region with no towns, very few people, no facilities and no cell phone coverage. This ham pair were notified of an accident involving two teenage girls. The accident scene was just a few miles away, and when they arrived it was clear the teenagers were critically injured. KK7GNG was able to make a contact using a simplex 2-meter frequency. The call for emergency assistance was picked up by a local amateur radio operator, John Tapero, K7JNT, who immediately called 911, proving yet again, ham radio can save lives. Great outcomes for both those stories. And that's it from me for another week. Till next time, stay safe. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. And with that, we've reached the end of WIA National News. On the social scene, VK4, today at Sunfest, that's September 18, it's happening almost immediately after you've been listening to this news, on the way to Mountain Creek State School. And in VK6, it's Perth Tech, October 21 to 23. Now until next we meet, I am Graham, VK4BB, Walk Softly. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.